Welcome to The Wellness Way with Dr. J, a monthly conversation about all things related to brain and mental health, as well as everything about wellness to help you live your optimal life. I'm your host, Dr. Katherine Jackson, a licensed clinical psychologist and board-certified neurotherapist who's also known as America's number one brain psychologist. For more information, check out our website, at drccj.com, that's D as in David, R, C as in Cat, C as in Cat, J, dot com. Today I'm flying solo, but I'm excited to talk to you about emotional wellness. We hear the terms emotional health, emotional well-being, and emotional wellness being tossed around a lot lately, but do you really know what they mean? Or do you really know what it means to be emotionally well? Someone asked me recently, what is emotional wellness? I gave my best quick answer, or the best quick answer that I could with the time given. But today I'll be breaking down the terms, sharing why emotional wellness is important, and talking about ways to cultivate emotional wellness. First, let's break down the terms. Emotional health or being emotionally healthy means being resilient and living a full, balanced, and content life. Emotional well-being is defined as a positive state of being comfortable, healthy, content, and content that allows you to be able to meet the demands of your everyday experiences and function within society as a whole. And lastly, emotional well-being is an awareness, understanding, and acceptance of how you feel, both positive and negative emotions. It involves relaxation, self-care, reducing stress, and building inner strength. However, there's more to emotional wellness than this, so we'll get further into it later. Now that we know what emotional wellness is, let's talk about what it is not. Being emotionally healthy does not mean you are happy all the time, or that you experience that perfect emotion in every situation. It does not mean being free of problems. Instead, being emotionally healthy means knowing how to actively manage how you feel. It's being aware of how you feel at any given moment. It's checking in with yourself from time to time and taking care of how you feel. So that seems a little crazy. So I'm going to provide a few examples. So a young lady gets disappointed news about something she was really hoping for. That could be a part in a play, a job, or getting some results that, you know, that she didn't want on a test that she was hoping to pass. She feels disappointed, but does not let it consume her. Instead, 
She is later appreciative of the opportunity, focuses on her wins and achievements, and she tries again. Here's another example. An older man with depression doesn't feel like doing anything or going anywhere. He recognizes how he feels and acknowledges it. He just chops, chops it up as part of his depression or his depressive symptoms. He instead gets out and socializes with his friends anyway. And a person with anxiety is frightened to speak publicly, but does it anyway and doesn't let anxiety stop them, they know with practice it will become a little easier each time. Like these examples, the same is true when going through grief or loss. The same is true when going through trauma. And the same is true when going through adversity of any kind. Instead of being consumed by the problem, you are resilient. You find a solution and you keep going despite the issue. So no matter what term is used, whether it's emotional health, emotional well-being, or emotional wellness, it doesn't mean you feel great, happy, or perfect all the time. Instead, you're able to express different emotions and go through life's ups and downs, effectively managing how you're feeling. And no matter what you call it, or what term you use, the important thing is it's essential to your overall health. So why is emotional health important? And how does it connect to your overall health? Well, I'm going to share some on that. From a brain perspective, neurotransmitters like dopamine and serotonin send messages throughout various regions of the brain. This guides your behaviors, and it allows you to quickly assess if something is risky or if it's a reward. Furthermore, emotions arise from activity in specific areas of the brain. And while there are many or several areas in the brain linked to emotions, the amygdala is one of the main areas. It connects emotions emotional behaviors, and motivation with both individual and social behaviors. Guys, I had to slip some brain in there. I'm a brain, th brain therapist. <laughs> but as for your overall health, when you are not emotionally healthy, you don't feel well, your thinking is often negatively impacted, and you have difficulty coping with stress. Stress, depression, and anxiety could happen as a result of decreased emotional wellness or when you're emotionally depleted. This, in turn, can lead to physical ailments like sleep difficulties, low energy, a compromised immune system, which means that you are more susceptible to being sick and getting different illnesses. And who wants that? And the list goes on and on. That's just a few of the things that can happen. So you want to make sure you're attending to your emotional health 
just like you would with your physical health. Most of us would not have a broken leg and not do something about it. So why would we feel bad and not feel our best emotionally and then do nothing about it and let that just go on and on and unaddressed? By now, you're probably wondering or asking yourself, how do I become or stay emotionally healthy? Well, with commitment and consistency, emotional wellness is attainable for everybody. You do not have to be perfect, but you do want to recognize the red flags and any warning signs that your emotional health is depleted. Some of those indications are changes in your sleep, lack of energy, you feel more irritable, you feel emotional or tearful, you lack interest and motivation in doing things you typically enjoy, you're using more alcohol than in the past or using drugs to cope, you feel overwhelmed, you're not taking care of yourself and your basic needs like showering, taking your medication, or eating regularly. If more than one of these describes you, it may be time to replenish or seek help and support. Before seeking support, perhaps some, adjust some adjustments can be made to help you replenish emotionally. And maybe some of the suggestions that I'm about to share will be beneficial. I'm gonna give you 15 suggestions. It's not an exhaustive list. And this might get your emotional health back on track or help you to maintain it. Number one, you want to manage stress. Stress can wreak havoc on both your emotional and physical health. So when you notice that you're stressed, try to take some measures. Try to take care of yourself and take some measures to reduce stress as much as you can. And sometimes we can't get rid of stress completely, but whatever you can to reduce it while you go through the situation, you wanna make sure that you manage stress. Number two, seek to have a balanced life. So maybe you want to pay attention to different areas of your life. Maybe something got off. Your sleep, your eating, maybe you're not going out or connecting with people as much as you can. Try to rebalance that scale and get things back on track. Number three, be positive. Negative thoughts lead to negative emotions and that in turn leads to emotional dysregulation. That's all I can say on that one. It's plain and simple. Just try to think more positively. Try not to amplify the negative going on in your life. Sometimes we have like really tiny bit of negative, but we give it so much power that it looks huge in our lives. And that way we're overlooking or we're diminishing how much positive is going on. Number four, accept mistakes. Don't be hard on yourself. Instead, use mistakes as opportunities to learn and grow. And remember, 
nothing lasts forever. Whatever is going on right now, it will pass. Number five, be aware of how you're feeling, both your strengths and positive emotions and things that are difficult and negative emotions. So being emotionally well means being attuned to all the different emotions, the whole gamut of emotions that you can you can feel. You can't just try to be positive and and only pay attention to your positive emotions and your strengths and totally ignore anything that's going on. That means you avoid when something negative is happening. And that means that if you're avoiding it, you can't tend to it. Number six, set firm boundaries. I cannot say this enough. I have been guilty of this myself. People will, if you let them, people will use up all your time. And they will have you working for them for nothing, you know, for free. Just running around doing whatever they want you to do and they need you to do. And you will find that you are depleted to give anything to yourself or to your loved ones. So you want to set firm boundaries, only saying yes to opportunities that you really want and only doing things that you truly want to be involved in. Otherwise, you want to just say no, saying no is a part of self-care. So you want to take care of yourself and only do those things that you truly, truly want to do. Number seven, talk your feelings out with someone. So you can't go out spilling your feelings around with everybody. You want to talk to people that you trust and that you love and love you. Those people who root for you and who are hoping for the best from you. Are for you. So you don't want to just talk to any old body. You want to talk to that core group of people, like your, your people. Number eight, socialize. Spend some time with family and friends. Whenever we're disconnected from other people, yeah, that emotional uh, wellness will get low. You know, you want to keep that that glass kind of full. So you want to make sure you're connecting with people. You can spend time face-to-face. All those uh, apps where you can see people on the phone, you know, like FaceTime and uh, Skype or whatever, you can do that. Or you can even talk on the phone, but stay connected with other people and the people that you love. Number nine, do things that you love to do. I like cooking, and I noticed that when I'm not cooking, yeah, my emotions get a little low. My, my mood gets irritable. I get a little cranky. Uh, cooking for me is that thing that I love to do among some other stuff too. But cooking is like, you know, that's the quick one that I can get into. And of course, I'm popping some of the quick, quicker frozen things, things that I may have cooked before. And then I pop them into the oven. But that's not the same as creating all the way from scratch. I feel the best when I'm able to create new dishes and get in that kitchen and do something from start to finish from scratch. I just feel great. And when I go too long without being able to cook, yeah. And I'm sure you guys have something that you love to do. And if you get too far from it, you're not the best person to be around. Number 10, eat a healthy diet. The more nutritious foods that you eat, the better your brain functions, and the better your body feels. I can't be more plain about that. We're all going to eat some stuff that's a little junkier, maybe some fried foods, some uh, potato chips, some candy, some sweets, whatever your, your thing is. But 
you want to make sure you're getting more natural foods. So, you know, fruits and vegetables and, uh, and raw and cooked, whatever forms that work for you. But you want to have more of that within your diet so you're getting more nutrition and less of the other stuff, which really just zaps the emotions, zaps your brain functioning. And you're not going to feel your best if you have way more of that than of natural foods. Number 11, get quality sleep. And by that, I mean, you want to get enough sleep, which means that you're getting, you know, a certain length of time. Everybody's um, amount of sleep varies a little bit. Of course, the recommended amount is seven to eight hours. There's a few people who can function off a little bit less and some people who need a little bit more, but you want to get that, find that right spot of sleep for yourself and get that amount of sleep at night. And you also want to have sound sleep. So quality sleep also means getting sound sleep. So once you sleep, you don't want to have too many worries still on your, on your mind. Um, you're getting up too much in the middle of the night and maybe not having a hard time going back to sleep. And you're not tossing and turning too much in the night. And so if you get sound sleep and you get enough sleep, that's quality sleep. And you should wake up in the morning well rested. Number 12 exercise regularly. I know this is a hard one for some people, myself included, but if you can't come up with just a regular workout routine where you're going to the gym or maybe you have workout equipment in your house and you can, you know, get a regular routine where you're walking on the treadmill, getting on the bike or whatever it is that you do and you're doing that regularly, then start small. You want to get up and move. Just get some movement in your day. And so you want to get up and move on your breaks. Maybe during your lunchtime, you want to walk around. Walk around the office if you can't leave. Or walk around outside if you are able to leave. Getting out in nature is, is really good for you, for your emotions, and so good for your brain. Which leads me to number 13. You want to get out in nature. Um, it's not good to just stay inside all the time. And I know some of us have long jobs. Um, you go in when it's dark. You come out when it's dark. But whenever you can sneak out, whenever you can get some time out, you know, just get out of the office. Get out of the building. Get some sunlight. That vitamin D is so good for you. And that's going to help you sleep a little better at night as well. So you want to try to get out in nature and be mindful of the sounds, the looks, the beauty, the smells, and just get some of that nature as often as you can. Number 14, practice gratitude. I mean, I did a big thing on this last um, fall, the fall of 2018, and how beneficial gratitude is to the brain, to your body, to yourself and to everybody around you. You just want to focus on what you're thankful for. You can focus on what people do that you're thankful for, or you can focus on the things that are just within your life that you're grateful for. So things like, I'm grateful for waking up this morning. Or maybe your parents did something really kind for no reason. It wasn't your birthday. It wasn't a holiday. They just did something really kind. You can express that gratitude to them. Thinking of what you're grateful for is wonderful for your brain and then your overall emotional health. But research shows if you write it down, the benefits are even greater. 
so much more benefits if you write down the things that you're grateful for. And finally, number 15, you want to use positive affirmations, mantras, and prayer. So this is what I call like doing mind work. This and gratitude, actually, they're all like mind work. You're working on your mind. So what's in there? So positive emotion, no, positive affirmations, I'm sorry, positive affirmations feeds your mind. It builds your mind up and it helps you to focus on more positive things. And sometimes, depending on what kind of positive affirmations you do, it's helping to draw more of that positive into your life. Mantras are pretty similar. And prayer, well, if you're a spiritual person, you believe in God, prayer is a great way to get things off your shoulders. Like we talked about talking it out with somebody. Sometimes you're talking it out can be with God. And then you can ask for different things that you desire in your life. And God, God honors those prayers. He may not always show up when we want it, but he will answer your prayers in time. Even though, you know, you can try all these different things, play with one or two or all of them, whatever it is that you want to do. I just want to make sure that I say this before I, I get off this uh, mic <laughs> and move on with my day. This information that I shared here today, yep, this can be very helpful. And it has worked wonders in my life too. But this information does not substitute professional help. So if you feel or continue to feel emotionally depleted, please contact a licensed mental health professional. Sometimes when things go on too long, even when we're trying our hardest to put some things in place, we need a little bit more assistance. And that's that support that I was talking about earlier. So you want to reach out and seek support and get some help for what's going on. And then maybe some of these things will help you a bit more later down the line. I hope something I shared here was helpful for somebody today. But don't just listen. We want to hear from you. How do you manage your emotional health? What questions do you have? And what topics do you want to hear about? Hit us up online at DRCCJ, that's Dr. CCJ, just like I had said it in the beginning, D for David, R, C as in cat, C as in cat, J, and that's on Instagram. The same thing for Twitter, but at the end, you want to add an underscore. So that's at DRCCJ underscore for Twitter and on our website at drccj.com. Just go to the contact page, send us a message. We love to hear from you. But don't just keep this information to yourself. I want you to share this podcast with somebody that you care about. And please use the hashtag WellWayDrJ. So Well, W-E-L-L, Way, W-A-Y, Dr. J, D-R-J. Whenever you're sharing about the Wellness Way with Dr. J podcast on social media. You never know. We may highlight one of your posts on our page. Thank you for allowing me into your home, your work, your car, or wherever you listen. I look forward to continuing to share brain health and mental health 
and wellness next week with a whole new topic. Take care and happy wellness, everybody. Thank you.